Hey everyone, this is Connor. Before we get started, I just want to encourage you to check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash podsidepicnic. If you become a patron, you'll get access to multiple exclusive episodes every month. And you can also join our patrons-only Discord chat, where Pete and I talk informally with the Podside Picnic community. So if you like the show, go ahead and check us out at patreon.com slash podsidepicnic. Thanks. Welcome back to Podside, everyone. This is, of course, Carlo, and today it's me and Chris. And, of course, uh, a little critter... Uh, what, what's his name again, Chris? I, I always get these foreign names a little mixed up. Mogwai. Nogwai? I, I, I got I got plenty of eggnog. <laughs> Why do we have a Nogwai? Oh, oh Mogwai. My, my mistake. Yes, it is. Oh, the the Cantonese word for uh, devil. <laughs> oh, that's that's certainly not uh, foreboding at all. Not at all. And of course, folks, uh, if you have listened this far along, you should know by now. If you have not seen this movie, stop right now. Go see it. It is a Christmas movie. So happy holidays. You're welcome. And also, we're going to be discussing 1984's. Gremlins, directed by none other than the Joe Dante. That's right. Uh, do, is Joe Dante, did he take on that name? Because, I mean, like. No, he that, likes, that, that's his that's real his, name. That, that's a hell of a name to have. It is, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> so uh, let's talk a little bit about Gremlins. Uh, Chris, you'd seen this before, right? Oh, yes. Many, many times. Uh, this is, I feel like it's kind of gotten lost a little bit of its. Uh, a lot of other Christmas movies have supplanted it in the kind of like kind of dark Christmas movie, you know, just spot that everybody talks about, like, you know, mm-hmm. constant. Now it's constantly die hard and things like that. But uh, Gremlins held a firm grasp grasp on that position for a long time up until about maybe it hold maybe it held a grip, too. I don't yeah. know. Chris. <laughs> it's fine. Um, I, I will say that it's funny because it is a Christmas movie in the sense that it's set at Christmas, mm-hmm. uh, right around the, 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 the holidays. And, um, but it was released, I believe June 4th, 1984, oh. same week as Ghostbusters. Oh, good Lord. Uh, it still did pretty well. Uh, like honestly, like I was looking at the, um, like it, it, it was a budget of 11 million, which back then, uh, I think um, this was one of many, uh, many of the Spielberg presents mm. movies mm-hmm. that uh, came out. Yeah. Uh, and and for whatever reason, I, I was convinced it was Spielberg uh, when I was, you know, mm. obviously when I was younger. Uh, so I went to see, I was like, oh, Spielberg. Yeah. Well, all right. Well, if I remember correctly, it's. Like his is the only name that pops up before the title actually pops up. So yes, I think it, you can be forgiven actually, for that. <laughs> yes, it does actually say Steven Spielberg presents. Yeah, uh, and then it, it gives you the title card. And then weirdly, uh, this is honestly, Chris, I was very surprised by the series of names that jumped out at me. I, I knew Joe Dante, mm-hmm. but do you know who read, wrote the script? Right? Uh, yeah, it was uh, Chris Columbus, right? right. Yes. <laughs> Just we such a weird yeah. uh, 
And, and apparently he wrote the original version of the script on spec. Oh, really? Yes. Uh, so he was like out there. Apparently Spielberg, he, he, he sort of like made it and didn't expect to sell it. Mm-hmm. Just to sort of show that he could do that thing. Uh, that type of thing. Mm-hmm. And Spielberg liked it enough that he picked it up and he, they started working on it. Uh, apparently the script went over several revisions. Um, uh, there were also, even in the original, uh, like in the original uh, script, there were lots of parts, uh, like not, not the original script, but the worked over script. There were still lots of scenes that got cut mm. um, that, that we could probably get into. But like one of them was that, uh, in in the uh, battle against the uh, the now gremlinized gremlins, mm-hmm. not the cute little fuzzy yeah. gizmo gremlins, um, who who uh, weirdly uh, th- this is a point that's that I I, I continue to think about uh, ever since uh, I think Matt Christman mentioned it uh, that that every every Mogwai that that uh that gizmo produces mm-hmm. um is essentially an evil little asshole yes and they hate gizmo oh, they hate him oh yeah uh so so it is one, one of these weird um almost like a frankenstein uh type of theme throughout right <laughs> your creations now hate you <laughs> um they were. They didn't ask to be born into this world via a spilled glass of water. <laughs> it's 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 you know every parent's worst nightmare that like you, your kids will like you know grow up to hate you. So I I I could dig it. I, I mean, it's not. Uh, it's it, I I could see that being like a serious uh, a serious source of uh, like anxiety yeah. <laughs> to a parent. No, absolutely. Um. So yeah, like uh, like apparently Billy's mom uh, is supposed to have died in the fight with the gremlins oh. in the kitchen scene. Okay, uh, it's it's it like yeah, there, there's like weird shit in there that that that's like the biggest one that I think would have really sort of um, yeah that that would have made <laughs> made shit got gotten a little too real in this movie <laughs> for me. Uh, but anyway, uh, let, let's get to it, because uh, one of the things that, that uh, I want to point out that stood out to me immediately, I, I it, mu- it must have slipped my mind. Uh, first off, a little confusing because it starts with a, a voiceover from Billy's dad. Yes. Yep. Who is named none. Of, he, his full name is Randall Peltzer, but he calls himself Rand Peltzer. Rand Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> what is Joe Dante trying to say here? <laughs> Whatever might it might that be a metaphor for? <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it just being led uh, into Chinatown. Uh, yeah, it, it opens. It's it's almost feels like very like noir esque. Like he's like mm-hmm. you know, it's like the nighttime. He's like kind of like an American. Uh, walking through, through, well, not American, a white guy walking through Chinatown. Uh, I mean, he is American, but you know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, kind of searching f- to try and hawk his his stuff. It almost has like a noir opening to it. Well, yeah, and he wears a hat and like a trench coat and all that shit. He, and he, the, the Billy's dad, who's who's played by Hoyt Axton, um, mm-hmm. he has such a good voice for for 
anything, mm-hmm. but for especially for narration, like it's just this like you know really really nice warm voice that is perfect. And um, he, yeah, he's got a nice little uh, not exactly a baritone, but very low like he, uh, basso voice. He reminds me of the guy who 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 does like um, who who do who voiced uh, Baloo in the Jungle Book. Like it's like that kind of oh, like yeah, yeah, friendly. Yeah. Uh, you know, gregarious type of voice. Like it's like gravelly, but it's still very friendly. Mm-hmm. Very, yeah, very warm. Yeah. Lots of warmth to it. Uh, do, do you know that um, one of the people that uh, that was auditioned for the part of Randall Peltzer was uh, Pat Hingle? Pat Hingle. Oh, that would have been cool. But apparently he he played him like with this like weird like failed inventor but he's still you know still got it in him yeah. type of thing uh i think uh dante said that um they he played his character as a sort of saroyan-esque failed inventor <laughs> whose life was fading fast and he was brilliant uh he said that he was incredible but he was so good we couldn't hire him because that was that wasn't what his character was about <laughs> <laughs> you just feel too bad for about the guy <laughs> he's, he's off like in a like a weird Beckett play, <laughs> being sad, yeah. you know, uh, and uh, in a movie with a bunch of like rubber uh, puppets in it, you know. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, a little a little off, uh, but yeah, like so so he's he's led to this little shop where um, uh, we we don't know him ex- as anything other than grandfather. We don't know him uh, by his name until the second movie. Oh, uh, yeah. which is Mr. Wing. Okay. Uh, but in here, it's just like his, the kid's grandfather who's led him into the shop. And he's like, oh, come on, look around, Mr. You know, mm-hmm. we need the money. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, and I love when he's trying to sell him on the bathroom, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Which, bathroom buddy, you know, uh, in this day and age, I'm sorry, but the bathroom bathroom buddy sounds like a different product altogether. <laughs> well, yeah, uh, but it's just like a bunch of like stuff, just like kind of like taped to <laughs> taped to. Like it's, a, it's like a it's like a Swiss Army knife, but for uh, like bathroom hygiene. Yeah. <laughs> like wh- why? <laughs> and I loved when the, the toothpaste like squirts out. Like it's just <laughs> it's just like yeah. yeah. It, it like spits out toothpaste onto his uh, lapel yeah. or some yeah. shit. And he's like, it's no problem. It's no problem. We're fixing, we're fixing that. Well, you know, he, he went to the uh, Elon Musk school of, uh, of it, iterative, uh, you know, <laughs> development of products. He's going to recall all the bathroom buddies he sold already to fix them all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But it, it put up my eye. Oh, don't worry about it. We'll fix the we'll fix the device. Sorry about your eye. We'll um, get a patch out to you. <laughs> they're they're working on a patch, literally. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, so yeah, that's where we find out that they have like this little creature in a cage that he's 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 been hearing like a trilling a little trilling song. Mm. Uh, Odd uh, piece of trivia: Howie Mandel did not sing. Oh, interesting! The the little Mogwai songs. Uh, by the way, for anyone who does not know this, uh, Howie Mandel was uh, basically the voice of Gizmo. Uh, any speaking that Gizmo did, uh, vocalizations, whatnot, mm-hmm. except singing, um, was all Howie Mandel. It totally makes sense to you because if you 
<clears throat> if you remember how um I remember Bobby's world, how the cart Oh, oh yeah. And that's essentially kind of Bobby's voice is Gizmo's yes. voice. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I mean, that was like this is one of these things where it was part of his stand up probably for about a decade before. <laughs> well, maybe not a decade. Uh, maybe maybe five e- for five years before he this voice he was. Got, yeah. Oh, yeah, really? He did. He did like a whole like a whole little sequence where he you know, it's my party. Oh. I can't I can't go I can't go high enough. <laughs> um, but um, I try it. <clears throat> I have to say he's there's like he's one of those guys who. You know, is known as a stand-up, but I don't think like I, I've never seen his stand-up. I know he used to do that trick where he would blow up a, a what is it? Was it a glove on his head? Yeah, a glove on his head. Yeah. But that's and, all I knew yeah, about his stand-up. Well, th- that's the thing. It was like a, a weird, uh, like Mandel's stand-up was very much like a weird um, precursor, or almost like it felt like it was it was half carrot top prop comedy mm. and half like somewhat akin to a Robin Williams, like just frenetic, you know, like just improvisation and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I can't really fault you for not really uh, thinking of Mandel as a, as a standup mm-hmm. comedian, because like, I think that his other stuff Including what is it the the, the game show? Uh, uh, oh, uh, deal or no deal. Deal or no deal, yeah. including like the voice or whatever the fuck those talent shows are. All that shit, all of that has overshadowed it so much mm-hmm. um, that it's it like I can't fault like I barely remember it myself. You know, right? Uh, it it is wild though, right? It is. <laughs> to just have like this weird turn and just well. I used to be known as a comedy guy, but fuck that. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you got to go where the money is. Oh, I mean, yeah. Get that bag, I guess. Um, so, so yeah. So uh, he, he sees the Mogwai. He immediately, obviously immediately wants it as a Christmas present for his kid. Um, and he offers, uh, you know, he offer he states his price. Uh, he he ups it to what, what was it fifty dollars and he says I'll give you two hundred dollars. Yes, yeah, yeah. And uh, the 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 grandfather is like no 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 yeah. Mugwai not for sale. Too dangerous. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, and uh, as he's leaving, sort of like crestfallen, the the grandson chases after him with the cage uh, and gives it to him. He's like, here, here, mister, give me the $200. We need the money. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's like, oh, didn't your grandfather say it was not for sale? Ah, what does he know? We need the money. Yeah, we need, we need the money. <laughs> um, and uh, that's where he lays down like the, the three rules, right? Mm, the, yes. The, yes. The, 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 Famous three rules. Three rules. Well, I mean, every monster needs rules, right? And these are the three, right? Mm-hmm. Which, of which, in in this case, it, it takes on more of a um, fairy tale uh, aspect in the sense that you realize immediately that these three rules are going to be broken. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Just like in a fairy tale, you know. It's like, oh, don't uh, you know? Don't hop into the bucket with both feet and somehow all the events in the stories conspire to make the character jump into the bucket with both feet and we have to find out what happens after. That's right. Uh, and and here it's more or less the same thing, right? He's told that uh, they cannot 
uh, keep them away from bright light. Mm-hmm. Sunlight can kill them. Yes. Number one. Number two, don't get them wet. No elaboration. Just don't keep them away from water. And number three, and whatever else you do, don't feed them after midnight. Right. And uh, so weirdly, like, uh, I, I do find it funny that, um, you know, Rand Peltzer is sort of like, yeah, yeah, whatever you say, kid. It's sort of like uh, sounds dismissive, but is able to rattle them off as soon as he gets back. Home. Yes, exactly. And he's like, takes it seriously, too, which he does not appear to be doing so. <laughs> exactly. Yes, yeah. yes. Uh, but but this is where it gets, I guess you could say, uh, if you were a moviegoer who was expecting this movie to be about, you know, Rand Peltzer, inventor extraordinaire, it cuts away to like beautiful Kingston Falls, yes. USA. Snowy you know? Kingston Falls. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I liked how they, they, he, the, what was it? Ramblin' Randy Rialto, the, the, the voice of <laughs> Kingston Falls, USA. Yes. Yes. Uh, yes, I love the I love the little uh, details. I, you know, it's funny because um, those details make it feel very lived in. Mm-hmm. But also, uh, it's it's doubly funny to me because the reason that it that it it feels they're trying so hard to make it feel lived in is because this was basically the universal back lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, the same back lot that they used to film <laughs> Back to the Future. Uh, that's right. Yeah, it's it's the same. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, and and I, I think it also it it lends it really lends this sense of it being this like you know tight knit kind of like little community that like a, like, post, a postcard town. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's like you know it's it's one of those like uh, only in postcard towns can uh, you know a town that size you know host a radio station with its own like <laughs> DJ and stuff like that. Like, um, but it's yeah, it's 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 really um, they do a good job of really establishing like how cozy and quaint. It all is. And then all hell breaks. That's loose. right. Yes, exactly. Like the perfect place for that kind of for hell to break oh, loose too. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and I think that's why like why um it they do they kind of like over egg the pudding um of, of it being like this cozy, like, you know, uh town little town. Uh because it's like, you know, it, to to make it when the when the chaos does go finally break free that it makes it even worse that like, it's not just like, you know, you know, they they probably, if they, you know, went to skid row or something, it wouldn't really make much of a difference, but. Well, it, 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 it's very much like that. um, They're, they're trying to set up this uh, contrast, right? Yes, exactly. The the, the Norman Rockwell style, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, I guess the fake, uh, the fake America that everyone that wants to make, America great again or go back to those good old days or yeah the the times that like never really existed and that are like wholly uh, you know um, generated by you know advertising and culture and you know false memories or and things like that like um, yeah exactly and and it's I think it's decidedly making a point here too like it's like you know it's it's not it's not a super deep one but it's all about like you know the the darkness that does hide behind the picket white picket fences you know it's a very classic theme that's revisited by like some of the greats like david lynch and things like that but i think gremlins kind of goes there too oh yeah yeah i mean and and it doesn't really uh like 
the the superficial uh, image is immediately complicated by the uh, insertion of wh- what's the lady's name? Deagle, Mrs. Deagle. Deagle. That's right. Yes, she's Who, she, yeah, she's yeah, the Mr. Ahead. Potter of the movie. Mm-hmm. Because yep, yep. I, there's lots of times where they're watching it. Uh, it's a Wonderful Life on the on the on the in the movie. Oh, okay, okay. So, I was so trying. I, yeah, I was trying to figure out what the movie references were. Yeah. So that that was my my guess. It was um, you know kind of quite literally stealing from you know one of the best. <laughs> like so, it's like you know, every, and not only that though, but like I think there's a lot of a lot of um, some you know kind of sly Reaganomics co- uh, commentary in there as well. Um, well, I think that one of the things that struck me as I was like rewatching it uh, in preparation, right, uh, was that uh, to to your point, this also sort of proceeds and sort of uh, pr- almost as if it's prophetic, right? It it sort of uh, is trying to engage with how sort of big business and greed have start sending their tendrils out into small towns Mm -hmm. because like, it's not, you know, like I think in a decade or so, everyone's having those conversations about like, wait, main street is being decimated by Walmart. Yes. And that type of thing. And it, it is funny because Mrs. Deagle is definitely, uh, you know, very greedy, uh, very much, you know, what you'd expect of a sort of uh, sort of like slumlord or whatever uh, character. Uh, honestly, I, I keep I keep on forgetting that it's not actually Carol Burnett. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> who, who, who was actually um, shit, what is the name of the character in, in Annie? Uh, the, 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 the orphan uh, the the headmistress of the orphanage or whatever yeah, is uh, was played by Carol Burnett back in the day. That's right. Yeah, I, I don't know that name off the top of my head. Uh, it's it's fine. It doesn't really matter. Uh, but she she does sort of um, let me let me pull up the cast listing here a second because uh, I, I do think that she does a great job of uh, of sort of like being just sort of hateful. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. Just awful. <laughs> oh, she's so yeah. She is so hateful, uh, and like I like the they like <clears throat> overdo the makeup on her, so she looks like you know like she she plastered on the makeup. Yeah, and stuff yeah, like yeah. That. yeah. Like, and she's well, and so there's so there's she's she's kind of like the Mr. Potter figure, but then she's also like the Wicked Witch figure because she's oh, after oh, yeah she's after, after Billy's, Billy's dog Billy's dog. <laughs> right, yep. I'll get that creature. <laughs> I, that was the thing that stood out to me too. I was like, oh shit, she's like yeah, she's like the the Wicked Witch. Of the West, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or actually, uh, whomever I, I forget the name of the character in in the real world of the Wizard of Oz. Um, Polly yeah. Holiday plays Ruby Deagle, uh, and she is totally. You really, really do not like her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, she's she's fantastic. She's great. Um, but yeah, yeah, like she she definitely uh, she marches into the bank where uh, Billy has just got in, like just in the nick of time to uh, his his teller position and she brings like this gigantic porcelain snowman head like under her arm uh she's she's stopped outside mainly because uh 
apparently two of her um two of her tenants or i'm sorry a tenant with two of her children i should say yes is like uh, it like stops her to say we we're a little short on you know like her her husband's lost her job we're a little short on cash can you give us a little bit more time and she's just like such an asshole yeah she's like no oh, I, I don't i don't uh was something about like freeloaders or something like that like yeah something like, about freeloaders and then uh <clears throat> she pointedly looks at the both both of the children and says i guess we both know what it, we all know what you should be asking santa for this yeah. <laughs> tonight God. and it's like really rent <laughs> just so evil <laughs> it's just so bad uh and she marches into the to the bank to tell uh billy that his little dog has knocked over her imported Bavarian snowman. That's right. <laughs> what? Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Good luck with that. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Uh, poor. I, I keep on wanting to call him Einstein, but that's uh, back to the future. Probably. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Barney. That's his Barney, name. Barney. Yes. Barney. No, Barney knows what's up. So he, he frees himself. He goes, and- yeah. He goes, he goes after her too. Uh, because she keeps on like saying, oh, I'm going to, you know, you better, you better call up the pound because I'm at least I'll put him to sleep and it'll be humane because yes. what I have in store for him is like, she's just like, just awful. Yes, exactly. Like and poor Barney's she's listening. Talking, she's like, she's saying how much she wants to, uh, you know, slowly murder. torture the dog yeah, to death. Exactly. You know? <laughs> and Barney is sadly under the counter listening to all this, you know, it, yeah. I'm assuming he understands English. Yes, well, of course. I mean, um, but anyway, uh, so yeah, so uh, Mrs. Deagle is set up as a as a uh, definite antagonist, uh, as is Judge Reinhold, <laughs> in a in a uh, weird uh, in a weird casting that he sort of disappears halfway through the movie. <laughs> yeah, that was that was really strange, um, and uh, yeah. But but on the yeah uh, I'm sorry go ahead. Well no I'm just yeah it it, it honestly I, I that's never struck me before about like I I don't think of him being in this movie but he totally is of course mm-hmm. but then you're right he just like totally disappears from. <laughs> I mean it's fine I I think to its credit um, and, and uh, like I think that a lot of critics at the time just couldn't really make heads or tails of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um. But at the time, like, uh, yeah, that was one of the criticisms, and and it's it's completely valid. But at the same time, like, as things start <laughs> happening, you're like, yeah, oh, why do, I don't need Judge Reinhold in this movie. Yeah, <laughs> he's like some some asshole at work, and they they got bigger fish to fry, you know? Right, exactly. You know, I I'm just assuming some gremlin has has him, you know, screwed up screwed up with him somewhere, like. Oh, weirdly, uh, him, uh, Gerald, uh, the character he plays and the, uh, the owner of the bank are not targeted by the gremlins in the movie. Yes. We can assume that they are, but Mrs. Deagle is. Yes. Specifically. Yeah. (laughs) It is good though. For sure. Um, well, because you know, landlords, what can we say? (laughs) (laughs) Um, so, so yeah, uh, he, he, so Billy comes back home after almost getting fired after the altercation at the bank. Uh, he he's uh, he's at the bar where um, where Kate, who, you know, played by Phoebe Cates, who works at the bank as well. 
mm-hmm. uh, also works <laughs> like off shift. Well, uh, volunteering her time. <laughs> like she's wow. Did you catch that? Yeah. No, no. I I guess I missed that. Wow. Yeah, okay. She's, she's volunteering her time at the bar, and because she was also circulating a um like a petition at the bar at the the bank that she asked um mm, yeah Billy yeah to that's right to to have the bar designated as a like historical place because Mrs. Deagle's also trying to close the bar down. <laughs> yeah. And, and the, the, the actual line that uh, Billy says is, Oh, you know, my dad proposed to my mom there and uh, she answers everyone's, <laughs> everyone's <laughs> been proposed at, at that place uh, basically. And it's so, so it's like a, it's a dive. It's a dive bar. It really is a dive bar, but yeah, uh, apparently yeah. it's the only place in town. Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And get a get a good drink, yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, like it is funny to me that uh, that she's volunteering her time. I d- does that mean that she at, at least gets tips? I would Maybe. hope so. Yeah, I would hope so. <laughs> um, but I mean, and also, uh, it, it hints. It's not something that is spelled out in the movie, but it it hints at uh, the fact that the the bar might be in bad in bad straits, you know, financially. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, that's yeah. Well, I mean like the fact that Mrs. Deagle wants to close it down is like, not just because she, you know, it's a den of, den, a den of iniquity, but like also because he's probably behind on, you know, rent or something. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so uh, he, he's uh, sitting there like making a, a drawing of Mrs. Deagle as a dragon. Uh, he's, Apparently, the guy that he shows the the drawing to, who co- compliments him, is actually Chuck Jones. Oh, really? Yeah, <laughs> apparently. Oh, I never knew that. Yeah, That's no, wild. I mean, there's there's a bunch of little cameos. Uh, I, even Steven Spielberg shows up in a weird cameo. Well, and, and so that's that's perfect because that you know Joe Dante. Um, he eventually was able to make a like an actual Looney Tunes movie, but. Before he he ever got his hands on the real deal, he like Gremlins and Gremlins Two are basically his version of like Looney Tunes movies, you know? Yes, absolutely. Like, so I mean, it makes I, I would, perfect I, sense. Yeah, I would say that uh, Gremlins One feels much more Chuck Jones. Mm-hmm. Gremlins Two is complete Tex Avery. Absolutely, yeah. That's a that's and that's a very good. Um, observation and, and that it's so perfect that Chuck Jones is actually in this movie. It's That's so awesome. Good. It's so I good. never knew that. No, I, I just today I learned really. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, so. Um, so yeah, and that's where Gerald tells him that like he he you know he he basically did the the thing where somebody comes up and shoves you and then grabs mm. you real quick and says, I saved your life, man, saved yeah, your life. Because yeah. <laughs> he comes in and tells him, oh, I guess who almost applied for unemployment today? <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, because old man, what's his face, was considering firing you, but then you had a change of heart. Yeah. Um, it makes me wonder if he really did have, <laughs> yeah. did mean to fire Billy, but who knows? Yeah. Anyway, uh, and that's where he gets a little gross with uh, with Kate. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, you haven't seen my my new apartment yet, Kate. And, yeah, and uh, she's like, I haven't seen your old apartment. He's like, come <laughs> on, cable. <laughs> and you're like, yeah, yeah, we're talking cable. <laughs> I mean, granted, 
cable was brand new, like in the mm-hmm. 80, 84, you know, it's yeah. still pretty brand new, but like, come on, man, that is the most <laughs> low effort shit I've ever seen. <laughs> His Riz. He does not have any Riz. I mean, uh, I guess back in the day was like watch cable and chill. I guess so. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, granted, uh, it is funny to me because uh, apparently this was a bit of a reunion for uh, Reinhold and Gates. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, after uh, Fast Times at Ridgemont High, I believe that was what, 82? Uh, that sounds uh, about right. About right. Maybe 81. I'm not entirely sure. I'm, I'm not going to look it up right now. But anyway, the the point being that, uh, uh, you know, they're, they're in the same movie. It's fun. Uh, but uh, Kate is honestly too good for for oh, either yeah. one of them honestly well yeah yes for sure uh but uh he run you know like when when uh when billy gets home that's when his dad shows up with the mogwai and as we mentioned uh weirdly his dad rattles off the rules like he mm-hmm. has them memorized yeah um and actually, like, uh, turned on the lights, you know, and all that good stuff. Yeah. Uh, I So, uh, you know, I, I think we, we touched on it, but um, so Billy's dad is, like, kind of like a garage inventor kind of guy who's, like, trying to make it as, like, as that. That seems to be his only job. Um, and there is something pretty sweet about how much, like, the um, his, you know, Billy's mom and Billy kind of, like, put up with, like, his, like, wacky <laughs> inventions that always backfire. They might um, as well th- be called, like, Acme. Uh, yes, like, exactly. For, for, for yeah. how good they work, you know? Yeah. Um, but, like, it, it's a, there's, it's a very, like, a very sweetly depicted, I think. Like, it's like, you know, they, they, they love the big guy, so they don't ever want to, like, stop using the you know the the juicer that spits juice everywhere or <laughs> well I, I think uh his uh billy's mom uh played by let me see hold on let me see here it's uh francis lee mccain mm. who who does just a great job with with I, I, she doesn't get a lot of screen time but she gets enough and she does the most that she can with it uh uh i i love that she's just sort of like pats billy on the on the shoulder and says they always work so fun so good for the first couple of weeks yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah like the uh the what was the the egg the egg omelet uh thingy uh also just like just shoots eggs everywhere the, mm-hmm. all over the counter fuck it uh the juicer like works fine for five seconds and then Suddenly, there's more juice in the juicer than was in the orange that it shoots out, just like. (laughs) (laughs) And then it gets all goopy. And Well, I mean, I think it it also uh, match, you know, sort of like pairs well with the the whole idea of gremlins, right? Because gremlins Mm -hmm. are. Yes. You know, gremlins are supposed to be like these little sprites, these little sprites or, uh, you know, like weird little creatures that fuck up mechanical stuff right exactly yeah that's yeah with its origins i think in like the world war ii right i believe so yes yeah uh but but i mean it's it, i i do love that um dick miller is in this and he's mm-hmm. he's a world war ii vet yes <laughs> he's like oh yeah just like those gremlins we saw <laughs> yeah it's just he's, he's got like, like fucking always... ptsd from gremlins <laughs> yeah exactly and he's always like uh, he's 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 a guy that it used to be a much bigger 
like type of person who is like always complaining about like that those foreign made cars or like you know like the that foreign junk TV I should have bought a Zenith. <laughs> like, <laughs> he, he even like hates foreign TV. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> I did find that funny. <laughs> yeah, um, anyway, yeah, and that's what he blames all the gremlins on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's a foreign plot. You think that uh, you think that Mr. Futterman would be a a, a Trump voter these days? Um, <laughs> he's definitely got some isolationist uh, tendencies to him. Yeah, we gotta. <laughs> eh, you know, I don't know. I, I, I'm not. I'm not trying to to bring anyone down. <laughs> There's plenty of that in the movie itself. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> anyway, uh, so yeah, like, so so we get the three rules. You get, uh, I keep on wanting to say Zach, uh, Billy Peltzer, mm-hmm. you know, like bonding with, with, with Gizmo, mm-hmm. um, watching movies together and so on and so forth. And then, uh, it, it isn't until, uh, his, his best friend, Pete, apparently, uh, this is one of these things where, uh, it wasn't until they, they started like filming <laughs> or whatever, uh, that they, they thought, wait, Hold on, because in a, in a former uh, version of the script, uh, Billy was supposed to be 13. Oh, <laughs> okay. And so it's really odd for a full-grown, uh, like, maybe 20-year-old guy to have, like, a 10-year-old best friend. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but it is played by Corey Feldman, who was, you know, he, he was the best of the child actors uh, yes. by far of that particular era, right? Yeah, no, totally. Um, and he, yeah, he does a good job. And I, I, like it, 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 to me, it always struck me as more kind of just like, hey, he's the neighbor boy who's like kind of like he, he looks comes up, over yeah, sometimes. Like, looks up to Billy or something. Yeah, like exactly. That, yeah. It's it's less like oh, I spend all my time hanging out with this like twelve year old. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like more just like yeah. And um, and it isn't until he he, he clumsily like uh, knocks over a jar full of uh, paintbrushes. Uh, that are soaking onto mm. Gizmo that the next part of the movie starts, right? That's right, yeah. Uh, wherein uh, Gizmo, I mean, it, it's obviously like, it looks like it's agonizing for- It really does. Like that poor that poor little guy is in some serious pain when, when he's like, when those things are popping well, up. Like he's, he's like on the, like he's, you know, uh, what is it? On his belly- uh, the puppetry is really good in that scene. Like he's his little fists are pounding. Uh, he he's shaking his head back and forth. Uh, apparently the um, so so they tried. <laughs> you want to hear something very odd? They initially apparently tried uh, to uh, use monkeys to portray the gremlins. Uh-huh. Okay, <laughs> but the monkeys would lose their fucking minds when they put the rubber masks on them. Yeah. <laughs> as Probably. yes, as one would expect. Um, yeah, exactly. But um so so they uh, resorted to puppetry, which I think worked very well, but everyone apparently in the production hated that they because Dante uh was was adamant that they had to stay small. To mm-hmm. to act, specifically Mogwai had to stay small. Uh, I'm sorry, Gizmo had to say small because he wanted to accentuate the the cuteness of him as a character. Although they, mm-hmm. they made larger ones for like the close-ups and stuff like that, which uh, are used to very good and uncanny effect. <laughs> uh, 
like especially so, when when the when the uh, the baby like Gizmo's babies are like eating. <laughs> Ugh, yeah, gross. Oh my god! The, when he gives them the chicken finger. Oh the my chicken god! Wing. <laughs> oh my god! I mean, it, it's obvious that it's supposed to feel very ominous. Uh, but if you didn't have any, uh, hints, that whole sequence of like super close ups of them, like chewing and it's just like sort of like sticky and gooey and you're like, Ugh. <laughs> no, thanks. Yeah. Um, <laughs> when, when you say, uh, Dante wanted them to remain small, like, like what do you mean? Like when they're making the effect shots or. So yeah, like the 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 puppets themselves had to be small, and okay. as you can imagine, that that you know, like yeah, it probably caused the 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 team uh, working the puppets and whatnot to just just hate working with them. <laughs> uh, in fact, they they included the scene where the um, the 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 gremlins, the now gremlins. Uh, have pinned uh, Mogwai to the dartboard, uh, uh, Gizmo to the dartboard. He included mm-hmm. that for the for the the team because oh. they hated him so much. They'd, they they oh, they had actually put on a list different things that they would like uh, to see Giz- happen to Gizmo uh-huh. because of the amount of fucking work that the, the puppetry had. <laughs> they hated Gizmo. Apparently, <laughs> they <Okay>. really did. <laughs> Uh, you know, it's not it's not just the gremlins that hate Gizmo. It's his own uh, puppets, yeah. <laughs> puppeteers. <laughs> um, but yeah, so um, so yeah, like the the they spell they spill the water. Uh, I mean, I've already sort of spoiled it. So we know that number three, don't feed them after midnight, is going to happen. And of mm. course, it does. Uh, there, yes. there, it 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 doesn't happen immediately. Uh, which to to the movie's credit, it leaves you in like that suspense of okay, when when's the next one gonna drop? Um, you know, and and it isn't until you know, like you get Billy looking at the clock, and he's ah, it's not midnight yet. These guys are hungry. You know, they're, they're like just being just like annoying little assholes, yes. just screaming and yelling and bouncing up and down. Just very like I think, like you said, like very Looney Tunes, just like mm-hmm. <laughs> just like being assholes, like only cartoon characters can. Well, yeah. And they 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 like string up the no, this after when they. Yeah. Uh, no, no. They they do that before they string yeah, up Barney. They, str- they string up Barney, which is like crazy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like- uh, what is it? What is what are the thing that I forget what what else they do? Uh, they do something else. Uh, but. But also, like apparently, uh, th- there were other things that they were supposed to do, but I think they they got cut. Um, but yeah, and and that then uh, makes Billy have Barney go with his dad on a trip. Uh, mm-hmm. Not 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 to a farm or anything, folks. It's just he he <laughs> wants him out of the house. He wants him back. <laughs> um, and uh, so he goes to a convention, like an inventor's convention. Uh, yeah. Rand Rand Peltzer goes to an inventor's convention with Barney, apparently. I guess he stays in the hotel or whatever. I don't know. Okay. I mean, it, later on, you see him with him in the car, you know, like getting into the car. So I'm going to guess that after he gets strung up, uh, Billy sends him, you know, 
with his dad to a way so that he doesn't get further antagonized or mm. like hurt or whatever. And really, honestly, given the fact that not long after that, he ends up fucking up and giving them food after midnight. Right. Probably good a good idea because they would have probably shanked that poor dog. <laughs> yeah. I would say so. Um but yeah, uh I do love the whole sequence where you you realize because it it, it takes a turn towards alien. Yes. The 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 fact that the you know, after they eat the chicken and Billy's like, wait, but I fed them. I fed them before midnight and he pulls up his he looks at his clock and it's still the same hour. And he's like, oh, shit. He pulls it out and they've they had gnawed the the cable. Mm-hmm. This is also uh, folks, if you have um, if you have any type of mogwai, make sure that you have like independently operating, not electrical <laughs> timekeeping devices. That's right. Yeah. This is what happens when you don't have cell phones to wake you up. I, I was thinking exactly that. Or like even a wristwatch might, might have stopped this movie, the, the rest of this movie from happening. Right. <laughs> um, just having a little Casio. Um, yeah. But yeah, like the, the eggs, like they form like these cocoons that are just gross and slimy and are definitely oh, yeah. reminiscent of like the, the, the eggs from the beginning of Alien. Oh yeah, totally. The the face hugger eggs, S- slimy and green and oh man. Yeah, yeah, and and uh, with with uh, specific lighting, yeah, like like the lighting on them just tells you everything you need to know, right? It's, it's mm-hmm. uncanny and gross. <laughs> uh, but yeah, and uh, at the same time, and I'd forgotten that uh, Billy takes one of the uh, Mogwai, uh, one of one of Gizmo's sons. To his science teacher in high school. Yeah. <laughs> and he starts like just conducting tests on him, like drawing <laughs> blood. It, it, nothing too horrible, but like, you know, drawing blood from a tiny creature is pretty, looks pretty bad. <laughs> yeah. And he doesn't forget that. Oh, no. It's like, no. It's, it's like those, uh, uh, what are they, the Telltale games? Uh, Spike will be remembering that. <laughs> Uh, yeah. And, and I, I do love that, um, the first sequence that we get of the gremlins hatching is actually the science teacher. It's such a horror movie beat. Yes. Holy it, shit. It, he, yes. it is really tense. I got to admit, man, like, because it is, and because you don't it, see it like, right away. No, you just see and like the, just, like, the, the aftermath, like him breaking out of the, the egg and the wires from the cage just being like broken open and shit like that. Um, yeah, it's great. Uh, go, go ahead. I'm mm-hmm. sorry. I cut you off. Well, it was just, it's just like, it's shot really well. And there's like really cool, like, um, you know, like the, the green light and, and things like that, that they, they use like, that's like, like it's glowing from inside, whatever cocoon they got mm-hmm. going there. It's, it's, yeah, it's really cool. And, and you don't get to see it. Like you right. just see like very flashes of like you get the the little hand uh, after Billy gets there, but you you don't get to see it until uh, you know like that scene has sort of resolved and basically um, the science teacher is approaching it in a very uh, confident scientific manner, right? He he feels mm-hmm. like he's in control of the situation. So he's like, hey there, little buddy, you know? Uh, also, let me point out, the science teacher is uh, played by uh, Glenn Terman, 
mm-hmm. who uh, another guy with a great voice, honestly. Yes, yeah, he he's a phenomenal actor too. He um he shows up in um he, he's on the wire uh, as as the mayor. Oh at shit! One point. You're right. I had forgotten yeah. all about that. Yeah, he's excellent. Um, yeah, he's 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 really good, even in this small part that he's got, right? Where mm-hmm. he's like, just be confidently like extend. Oh, I know you're hungry, and he's, <laughs> and you're going like, buddy, no, not underneath somewhere you can't see where your hand no, is going. Exactly. Come on, man. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like it also shows, like it it sort of shows how overconfident he is, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, when Billy runs in, it's it's basically like like it's it's almost like a slasher kill, except that he's been injected with uh, like some tranquilizer or perhaps or perhaps a poison. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and and when Billy uh, confronts the the gremlin, right? Uh, it I, I love that it uh, they 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 love to eat just complete garbage. <laughs> like literally like because when when he's behind the desk and Billy's like trying to get a glimpse of him, but also scared enough that he's not really going to uh, confront it, like rush in mm-hmm. on it. Uh, it, yeah. it takes like the he I see the I, I remember him taking the apple on the teacher's desk and like ah, he tosses it, <laughs> just throws it away. He's like, ah, yeah. give me this test tube. <laughs> I'm going to eat that. <laughs> yum. Yum. Yes, exactly. Uh, yeah. And all of, like the, all the talking and stuff like that is always so very funny. It's, it's very funny. It, it is funny, but it's also like, uh, it's, it's like creepy too, right? <laughs> because Yeah. Oh yeah. Because it's like these things that are like, were born just yesterday, literally yesterday. And they're like, you know, they can vocalize and they have like, they um, see, they know. seem to have some, they, they don't seem to have a, their own language, but they can mimic which is, I find to be like an uncanny thing, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but but yeah, it, it is it is wild uh, because a- after he sort of like runs him down, he he breaks he breaks into like a into the the um, uh, not the exta- exhaust tunnels, the ventilation shaft. Right, right. Uh, and he, when Billy goes in, it goes to treat like he got scratched up. He goes to treat his hand in the uh, like the nurse's station next door to the classroom. He jumps out at him. That's the first time you see the actual gremlin, right? Yes, exactly. Yeah, it is. And uh, he he opens the door to the cabinet that he's about to pull, I guess, some gauze or something out of. And you get a flash of him, but it the the camera just immediately follows Billy, so he gets cut out of the shot. Like the gremlin gets cut out of the shot. Uh, to follow Billy, right, and that's where mm-hmm. he runs back home, and uh, we we re re rewind a little bit to find out what Mrs. Peltz has been <laughs> yes. been doing. Because I think no, I'm sorry. Uh, he calls his mom to warn her, and the phone the phone gets cut off. Right, the the call gets cut off yep. because uh, his mom has found the eggs and they've hatched. I should say cocoons, right. not eggs, but whatever. Cocoon, I, yes. I, it, they look like eggs. Fuck it. <laughs> and that's where, like, that whole sequence gave me real Black Christmas, not exact vibes, but very much like the dangers coming from inside the house type vibes. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and I love that she is will- she is immediately the minute she hears some some weird sounds she grabs her fucking knife. <laughs> oh yeah, dude! Billy's mom goes hard in this. Like she is like waste no time and just like stabbing the one <laughs> gremlin. Like she just she, like shanks. She it. decimates those gremlins, man. Uh, yeah, she. So so we should probably point out, and, and this should be no surprise to anyone that's watched the movie. Uh the, the main the main bad guy in this is Stripe, which is like a weird white mohawk having one. Mm-hmm. Who had that weird white mohawk when he was still a little mogwai. Yes. Um and he retains it here, you know, real punk rock aesthetics. Uh uh after he's become like a reptilian menace. Um but yeah, like I love the fact that she like she grabs the knife and starts going up the stairs, sees the sees the cocoons broken open. Right. They've been burst open. Mm-hmm. Actually, what she hears is them uh, fucking around with uh, Gizmo and throwing mm-hmm. the darts at him and whatnot. And then they toss him down like the laundry chute. Yeah. Uh, and that's where she's going up the stairs with the knife in hand, you know, honestly ready to throw down at any moment. Uh, I, I do love that. Uh, and she gets like super intense. Yeah. Uh, and she comes back to the, to the kitchen and she's like quietly like John Rambo style. <laughs> like looks around the corners. There's like a gremlin, like eating, eating one of her uh, gingerbread man cookies. <laughs> and it goes into the, into the mixing bowl where she'd been, I guess, mixing the, the, the batter or whatever or the dough and mm-hmm. she turns on that pelt and she pelterizes him. That's exactly. Yeah. Yeah. He, he goes through, um, yeah, he's in that, um, isn't there one gets in the juicer too, right? Uh, and- no, no. The other one, oh. um, actually is, uh, immediately springs out and starts throwing, uh, dishes at her. Okay. And she grabs like a folding table as a shield. Uh, and she, uh, uses basically Pam, or like oh, you know, right. non-stick, yes, yeah. you know, non-stick spray to spray it in the eyes and backs it into the microwave, bro. Yes, and there's a there's so a good. <laughs> super awesome, like really goopy explosion. Oh, oh it's so God. good. There's there's more goop inside the gremlin than outside. <laughs> yeah, very very much like the Peltzer juicer. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> um, and then uh, what is? And then the last one is the one that uh, she stabs. Like she stabs it like three times. Uh, and at that point, I, God, I love the, when she goes out in the living room and you realize that as she's backing up against the Christmas tree, you realize that two of the red lights on the Christmas tree are his eyes. Yeah. It's so fucking good, man. (laughs) Uh, and then she gets attacked by Stripe and, uh, no, I'm sorry. That's the, the fourth one. Stripe is still. Uh, doesn't make an appearance until after this one dies. And that's where mm-hmm. Billy runs in and just like, you know, he, he, he tells him that uh, there can only be one. Right. He chops his head off and launches it into the fireplace where it's still sort of trying to vocalize something <laughs> while it's on fire. <laughs> and that's where they see Stripe. And he's like near the window and just like breaks out and runs off uh, into the snow. Uh God. That's right. Which is then followed by Billy following him to the YMCA because he's like, oh, shit, the pool. <laughs> uh, 
spoiler alert, Billy does not stop Stripe from jumping no, cannonball and, style into the pool. Yeah. And it, it's just like it's he he does like a he sinks to the bottom and then like it's just like all bubbly. Oh, my and God. Smoky. That that whole sequence is so fucking ominous to me. Yes. Because it, it's you realize it's just a bunch of lights underwater and somebody's like probably put a bunch of air hoses or maybe even dry ice. Uh, lots of fog machines and stuff like that. But it, the the context of it is just so good because you're like, mm-hmm. oh shit, all yeah. truly all hell has is going to break loose for real. Yes, exactly. <laughs> because it, you know, up until this point, it was it was somewhat contained. Uh, mm-hmm. But now, no. And, and this this is right around to when the the like the the. Um gremlins theme really kicks yeah, in that, where it's like that yes i love i love that stupid theme yeah it's really good like it's just it it lands such a uh um like a it, it's menacing uh, but, that, but it's also z- still like kind z- of like zany zany yeah like a zany menace oh it, it yeah it's like music that sounds a little unhinged you know mm-hmm. um but but I also love the fact that they they seem they seem to be a little like like they they've skipped leg day but they can hop because <laughs> yes, like yeah. they're, they're, like if you'll notice all the gremlins are like very top heavy like very sort of stringy but muscular uh, torsos <laughs> and very short legs. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I. I you know, I've heard things that like the the that whole little scene. It's like a very f- short flash of a scene, mainly where there you see the grem like the legion of gremlins like hopping through the snow into the town. Uh, and I've heard that the like the effects don't look so great, and I was like just watching. It, I was like, no, oh, this. I don't know if they fig- they they've cleaned it up a little bit or something recently or or what but like honestly it looks pretty good it looks a little yeah. janky sure but mm-hmm. like okay <laughs> uh but yeah like uh god there i mean there there are so many uh like there's two sequences of like okay the gremlins have broken free and are out on the town you know mm-hmm. um but but uh, I, I do love that they're like the different townspeople have like different types of experiences, you know, like the, the guy, the guy putting his letters in the mailbox and they get t- yeah. tossed back out to him, you know, that type of thing. Yes, exactly. That's really funny. Uh, some of them are just, just funny. Some of them are, are like, like imply violence rather than show it. And some of them, like the, the letter guy where the other guys, Oh, you got to stick him back down in there. And he's like, puts, makes the same mistake. The science, science teacher made <laughs> puts <laughs> yes. his hand in a, in a small place. He cannot see where a gremlin is. Yeah. Uh, we, we only see him like, like his surprise as he, uh, I, I, I can only imagine gets his hand mauled. Oh yeah. He's, he's, he's got a, He'll be pulling a stump back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I, I also love the the casual um, sadism that all of them seem to have because uh, in the the scene before, uh, before you know, like at the pool, mm-hmm. when uh, Billy tries to stop him, uh, Stripe I think surprises him or jumps at his face and he falls back on his on his back 
And as he's hopping past him, he just casually reaches out and with his long fucking claws just scratches him like on the chest. Yeah. Just like casually like fuck you. <laughs> um yeah. <clears throat> oh man. Um so yeah, like like obviously havoc ensues. Mm-hmm. And uh can we cut what? Oh, go ahead. To, to the, oh, I was going to say, yeah, cut to the bar scene. Yeah, let's cut to the bar scene because honestly, a lot of these are, are lots of fun to watch, but I, I'm not going to describe them. I mean, yes, uh, exactly, the, yeah. the bar scene is really where it, it sort of like comes to a head uh, because, you know, poor Kate is still in the bar. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Trying to serve uh, a bunch, like uh, probably a hundred different rowdy ass gremlins uh, <laughs> who are all. Um, the thing about these gremlins that's that is sort of Looney Tunes is that they do not uh, they're not they have a, a very shaky sense of solidarity with each other. <laughs> <laughs> they just fuck each other up. They'll, they'll kill yeah. each other. But also uh, don't fuck with any one of us because we'll fuck you up. Yeah, they're, they're very much. um you know, like uh, allies of convenience type of thing where they're, you know, like mm-hmm. you said, like they'll they'll band together if it's good, if it's good for the gag. But <laughs> otherwise, they're, everybody's on their own. <laughs> they, they, they seem to have the Roger Rabbit, uh, but with a caveat. Yes. Only if it's funny and mean. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, and I love like just like all this, just the random stuff. Like I love how they're all instantly like playing parts too. like. Oh, yeah, yeah, the, yeah. The one dresses up like a like a lady and who's like at Spike's uh, elbow while he's playing poker mm-hmm. and like uh, there's like, uh, like the the, know, the flash dance uh, yes yeah, the f- flash dance one there's the uh, and uh, the, I had forgotten how expressive he gets with the like editing like there's like the the scene goes like the the image like gets flipped upside down during that whole little bit like mm. um I, and I, I honestly have not seen flash dance so I don't know if that's like just mimicking the the editing style there or not mm, but, okay. But then there's the flasher and then like they're kind of just like, right, you know, the, the typical like uh, bar bar fly kind of gremlins and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's just so it's. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that. Uh, you know, like Kate gets to uh, gets to a boiling point and she's like enough. And she just grabs <laughs> like a, a Polaroid and starts using the flash uh, yeah. on them and they just like fall over, you know, like mm-hmm. it. it it doesn't kill them or anything like that, but obviously it causes them pain and they, they reel or, 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 you know, slink away or what have you. It, it will. And it's funny that she learns, she learns the whole issue about the, the, the lights thing because she was trying to light the cigarette of one of the gremlins and he kept like, he kept like backing away because, <laughs> the, because it was bright. Yeah. 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 That, that's, that's actually a good, a good catch because that is in fact how she's like, Oh, Wait, yeah. I don't have to take this shit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and then, then, like one of the gremlins uh, mugs tries to mug her. <laughs> he's like he's wearing like a ski mask and everything with a gun. Oh, yeah, <laughs> uh, which is where P- uh, Billy shows up with the uh, with his shitty foreign car uh, mm. Volkswagen Bug, uh, mm. and shines the headlights inside the bar, and all of them like ah! you know, like they f- <laughs> freak out. Uh, they, they gremlin out or whatever. I don't know. Yeah, exactly. 
uh, and they, they they end like he saves saves her from like uh, uh, some horrible fate at the hands of gremlins. Uh, I can can we talk real quick about like that entire monologue that she she does? Oh, yes. Ah, <laughs> uh, it's so good. And it's so fucking funny, and it's played so straight. Oh yeah, <clears throat> it it, t- and it totally has. I love the 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 one line which is the, sh- the best. It says, "When some people are opening presents, others are opening their wrists." <laughs> 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 yeah, because she's she's talking about like you know like uh, she does not think, celebrate Christmas. And right, right. Well, I mean that that's a, uh, a, a an earlier scene where she's like, "Geez, you know, you you say that you don't like George, you know, George Washington's birthday or Arbor Day, and no one gives you trouble, but you say you don't like Christmas, and suddenly." Like you, they want to run you out of town or whatever exactly she says. And um, and here's where we get the, the why she does not like Christmas. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's so good because basically, I mean, go go watch the movie. But in a nutshell, like they were waiting for presents. Their dad went out uh, the, the day before and he hasn't shown up yet. And it's Christmas Eve and they're waiting for presents. And then they realize that there's a smell coming out of the chimney (laughs) and they call, you know, they call the police to come help. And here they thought that it was going to be, you know, something like, a, you know, sadly a cat or a bird got stuck in the chimney and died in there or whatever. Mm. But no, it was her dad. And he was dressed in a Santa Claus costume. He had meant to come in to surprise them with gifts and climbed down the chimney, but he slipped and broke his own neck. Right. And that's how I found out there is no Santa Claus. <laughs> <laughs> I love, I love that. It's just like the cherry on top. It is. Yeah. It's, it's the, the story is like perfect because it's like, it's very funny. Um, so it, it, it almost is almost like a, uh, like an easy comics gag. kind of. Kind well, of it, thing. it's, it's based off of a, uh, an urban legend. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, yeah, that that's an urban legend. Uh, I mean, there's there's plenty of them. Uh, the the microwave gag is also an urban legend. <laughs> the the lady who put their dog. Oh in the, yes, I, I had yes to dry them off. You know, after yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, this is this is actually an urban legend. But uh, but I mean, I love that it's incorporated in this fashion into us like an other another story, um, and as like this weird backstory. Uh, like that shows exactly you know why Kate's all messed up. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but it's again, uh, I think the thing that that I was reading is that apparently the studio wanted to cut that scene because oh, really? it was way too dark. Yeah, and they're like, no, 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 no. You do not understand. This is this is like they they went through so much trouble to get it just right because I think Dante says that that uh, you know Phoebe Cates nailed the pathos and the goofiness of it both at the same time uh, without like breaking like without trying to wink at the camera. This is also the the the, the beautiful thing about this is it's not she's she's playing it completely straight. She's not trying to like eh. Yeah, like wink at the the you know, like wink at the audience or anything like that. It's just like this is a tragic backstory that happened to her. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Like it, it's it's play like it's it's a goofy story, but it they play it 
she plays it seriously. Like it's it's like and it wouldn't work if she didn't if she didn't. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like if she if she thought it was like if she was trying to if she had gotten it into her head that it was like ironic or you know, haha, it's sort of funny. Mm-hmm. Uh I mean, it is funny, but like I think we've said it before, like a lot of humor hinges on tragedy. <laughs> Like, yeah, it's that old joke, you know, you know, uh, some, a stranger falls down a manhole, you know, that's, that's comedy, mm-hmm. you know, I fall down a manhole. That's tragedy, man. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like, um, yeah, I, I, I <laughs> it's, so he, you know, Dante was really happy that, that it made it in, uh, because, uh, like, uh, <laughs> on the way, apparently, a, a, he, he says in the commentary that, a uh, on the way back to the editing room, uh, the editor had turned to him and said, this will never be in the picture. <laughs> uh, and yeah, the, the studio absolutely wanted, wanted him to cut well, it. Well, yeah. And I, I, you know, you see why I get yeah, it. You yeah. get why, but like, it's like, it's, it's totally, totally, you know, makes it <laughs> like, it's so good. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's too good not to. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, I, I am so glad that he fought to keep it in because honestly, this movie honestly would not. I, I don't know that it would be quite as good without without it. You know? Right, <laughs> and it's it's more of that like balancing between like the Christmas like Christmas uh, you know hope and magic with like the dark <laughs> you know dark yeah yeah uh, what 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 lengths we go for. That Christmas magic, right? Yes. Um, and and so uh, when they when they're wandering, like they finally realize that everything's quiet, and they're like, "Oh shit, where are they?" And they realize that they're all at, <laughs> in the movie theater. Yes. <laughs> uh, so it becomes their their job to firebomb a movie theater. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> While they're what is it that they're watching? Oh, seven uh, Snow White, right? Yes, and they're, and they're all singing "Hi Ho." <laughs> I mean, it's I mean, it, it's simple. It's a catchy tune. What can I say? Mm-hmm. Like, it's got simple lyrics. <laughs> uh, you can hum along if you don't know the rest, uh, other than the chorus. Um, but yeah, like like uh, when they when they actually they they actually do set fire to the. To the theater. I mean, not without the gremlins finding out and like that whole sequence where they they uh, you can see their shadows approaching the the uh, the screen mm-hmm. from from the from the other side. Mm-hmm. It is honestly like and they start tearing it with their claws. Oh, yeah. like, Ooh, that's like a total horror. Beat, yes. You know, it's like, you know, you've seen it in like zombie movies, right? Mm-hmm. That type oh, of yeah. getting getting uh, corralled or overpowered. Uh, but yeah, like they they managed to finally you know set the the theater on fire. They they all die inside except Spike, who gets that's right, who 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 has just enough low cunning to figure out ah they're gonna they're gonna try to kill us. Yeah, so he gets out and he's he's setting himself up to become to to you know. Basically runs into a neighboring department store. Mm-hmm. It's in their garden section, right? Yes, <laughs> he sees, exactly. He sees the fountain. And he's getting himself ready, primed to, to you know, repopulate the town with <laughs> uh, a bunch of gremlins. 
Oh man, it, that is honestly uh, a great see. It, honestly, it it also this one gives you lots of like defeat the vampire before dawn. Yeah, vibes. Well, yeah, and because it, yeah, definitely, it, it gives them a a real like ticking clock type of thing. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, and and he's he's like sitting there, like basically next to the fountain, like almost taunting them yeah. <laughs> because he's he's like touching the fountain. Yeah, he's like, should I like do it? Should I do 40, it? Huh? <laughs> huh? Huh? Oh, <laughs> oh, I'm gonna do it. Oh, maybe not. Maybe you can catch me beforehand. <laughs> I mean, he's not saying any of that, but well, it, no, it, it definitely gives that that vibe, right. you know, like the body language and all that stuff is is very much there, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I also love that uh, Gizmo gets his mojo back and drives like a little remote control car. Uh, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No, not, yeah. You're I'm right. Not, yeah. I was, I was trying to remember. I was like, wait, no. Is that from another one? No, no. The, the Gremlins 2 is different. Yes. Yep. He In Gremlins 2, he actually becomes Rambo. Yes. But, but that's, that's for another episode. <laughs> Tune in, folks. Because we are going to do Gremlins too. Oh yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, what what is it that? Oh, he he uh, he he crashes the car and ends up like flying uh, against the wall. But it just so happens to be next to the rope that holds like a like a skylight, like a blind, of, yeah, yeah, like a skylight uh, tarp mm-hmm. or something mm-hmm. that keeps the um, the area dim. Uh, but it's like starting to the sun's come out outside by now. Uh, yes. And so, yeah, it, it's definitely like vampire defeating the, the master vampire vibes here. Mm-hmm. And that skeleton is like when they finally do actually, like he jumps into the fountain, he's starting like his back is starting to blister up with the little buds of new gremlins. And that's when Gizmo drops the hammer. Oh, yeah. Opens up the skylight and just like fucking yeah, <laughs> cauterizes that son of a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, the, but that skeleton just like oozy and still dripping with goo. It's so good. It's, and it's so scary. It is like so nice and goopy and gross. Yeah, yeah. Make make movies goopy again. Exactly. Bring bring back like that. real goop, real goop. Not not. Yes. Like sure, we we had what is the, the Venom movie, but no, that's that's CGI goop. That is CGI goop. Yeah, gotta gotta get the goop where the, the, the actors come. Yeah, the, the actors complain about having to take showers. Mm. And shit. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, honestly, this is uh, you 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 said that it sort of lost a little bit of its. Uh, well, I, I I would argue, yeah, like people want to make Die Hard a movie, and it's like, mm, sure, okay, a Christmas movie, mm-hmm. yeah, it happens over Christmas, okay, whatever, <laughs> yeah. But mm, I mean, that's again, I I, well, I I posited that if if we make Die Hard a Christmas movie, we should make you know Lethal Weapon a Christmas movie. Well, too. yes, I mean, I'm down for that too. Um, the but yeah, it's I I do I think um, it's kind of just. I don't know. I think maybe it's, I don't know. I don't know what it is. I just, I just get the sense that it's, it's lost a little bit of its footprint in the culture that it once had. Um, well, I think part of it is, it, it is mean. It's very mean. Spirit. It is. Yeah, I, for sure. Um, which is not, I mean, 
I think that it works here in part because it it it, it helps meld the comedy to the horror very well. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, like I think we've we've mentioned this in some of the um, Jonathan Strange and Mister Norrell episodes, where you know there is a certain mean spiritedness to fairy tales. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this, this definitely operates on like a, a certain type of fairy tale logic. Um, you know, like the, the idea of the gremlins work on a, on a fairy tale logic that is basically unassailable. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I mean, uh, and so I think that part of the, the, this, this drive to, um, want everyone to be kinder to each other, uh, which is, you know, I can sympathize with, I, I don't disagree with that, but where I, where I sort of draw a line is like, Oh, but if you watch these nasty movies, you'll become nasty too. Right. Yeah. Yeah. This, there's this, I was just saw, there's some been some discourse about this too. Um, you know, the, yeah, the idea that like, since, media consumption is an extension of our personalities like our you know our choices are an extension of our personalities or who we are as people therefore like if you're watching something that's like about bad people then you must be a bad person you know right, right. or if this, right. you're watching a mean movie about mean ways that people are you know getting killed by little green dudes uh maybe you're a mean guy who wants to see people you know like it's like just this really stupid extension but because uh, and, it, you know, obviously, it, I think a lot of it comes to back to, like, the the narrowing of choices uh, that we can, like, you know, reasonably make in our lives about, like, the control over our lives of what we can mm-hmm. do, uh, just well, in I mean, general. I, right, right. And I, I think that it's one of these things that um, is easy fodder for, like, sort of culture war type stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I do think that that uh, – I think that the – the mistake, uh, if if we can call it that, is in adopting uh, what you would call your, I guess, political rivals' ideas mm-hmm. as your own. You know, because like back in the day, it, used, it it's so weird to me that it's it's become like this weird um, thing that both uh the right you know like right wing weirdos and squishy liberal types mm-hmm. love to you know uh, like wring their hands about oh Johnny's watching that movie again right, right or listening to that music and like shit this stuff I thought this stuff was settled with like Tipper Gore and the parental advisory stickers everyone thought that was a ridiculous thing <laughs> yes. Uh and apparently it's it's become it's become part of the groundwater. It got it got into the groundwater now, Chris. I'm sorry. Jeez. Mm, <laughs> uh but yeah, I I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm maybe I'm uh worrying too much. I I think that there's still quite an audience out there yeah. for yeah, no, I gremlins. Think so. Uh, I, I think it's it's just simply that you don't hear much about it anymore. And again, to, to your point, like it, it does get drowned out by a lot of the, uh, 
whatever whatever's good out there gets drowned out by all the other stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Theodore's law or Sturgeon's law, I should say, not as I was thinking of Theodore Sturgeon, which who who's who that law is attributed to. Mm. Uh, apparently apparently he he wasn't the one that came up with it. Okay. <laughs> you telling me a Sturgeon stole this? <laughs> uh but yeah, anyway, I, I think that's I, I'm not sure that I have any wider things to say other than like I do find it funny that um you know I, I want to circle back real quick because the I mentioned at the beginning that it felt very much like the gremlins themselves, even if Gizmo is not uh sort of like an incarnation of what uh I, I don't want to say the dreaded C word capitalism here, but mm-hmm. sort of, mm-hmm. right? Well, like yeah. This- I mean, everybody's initial instinct was upon seeing the gremlins is, oh boy, I, I could sell this and make a lot of money. <laughs> like mm-hmm. everybody's going to want one of these, right? Well, and 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 the fact that they reproduce and take over, right? Yeah. Just like they can reproduce uh, if you spill water on them, and they will just immediately produce so many of themselves that it's just unsustainable. Right? right. Exactly. I mean, not that the movie's getting into ecology or anything like that, but it's just simply like this self-replication. It just m- made me think of like the, um, you remember the, the whole, uh, you know, the, 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 the panic about, you know, nanomachines are going to turn the whole, you know, the whole planet into gray goo. Yes, exactly. Yep. I mean, this this is more or less what the gremlins are, right? They just continue to – they can continue to you know, reproduce and, and spill water on themselves and make more of themselves until mm-hmm. it's just a planet. It's planet gremlin. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, I it, I mean, or at least until they, they themselves are not able to, uh, I don't know, whatever it is that they do. What what I mean, I guess they could eat junk, they, they could survive a lot, uh, a lot of time after we're gone. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> eating junk, but then eventually, it, uh, I guess it'll get to a equilibrium point, and they'll have to die off. Mm-hmm. And no more planet, planet. It'll be Planet X Gremlin. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> this Gremlin is no mole. <laughs> uh, anyway. Uh, I, I don't think I have any deeper thoughts than that. Uh, um, Chris, what do you got? My last thought is good on Joe Dante for continually giving Dick Miller, um, p- parts. Uh, Dick Miller is an actor who, uh, worked <clears throat> with, uh, Joe Dante and others at, uh, Corman's, uh, with Roger Corman, you know, uh, you know, the, basically mm-hmm. the ground zero of a lot of the good seventies and eighties directors. And, uh, the uh, and Dick Miller was an an actor of, from that group, and and he uh, Don, Joe Dante puts him in basically all all his movies. So uh, it was good. Right. It's always good to see Dick Miller. Uh, he, I, he, I, Mr. I, Mr. Uh, Futterman is it's yeah, Dick Mr. Miller. Futterman. Yeah, not not to be con, con, uh, confused by uh, Mr. Fetterman because he can go <laughs> to because he- that guy can go to hell. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Screw him. Uh, fuck you, Lurch. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like uh, I, that, that is very touching that, that he's got like a lot of loyalty to to like a, an actor that came up with him. Right. Yeah. No, it's I mean, he's he's a much older guy, um, but it's like he he 
was getting a lot of work through Corman and and you know Joe Dante came up Joe Dante came up with through Corman along with a bunch of other you know famous directors that we, we would know of so yeah um I, I, Joe Dante he he has a really interesting filmography and I just wish he was able to have made more um movies I you know I had completely forgotten I, I we should probably do a little run of Don uh, Joe Dante movies yes I would love that. uh because like even after like Gremlins Gremlins 2 uh what is it there's he directed one. I I, I want to say he directed one of the sequences of the um, Twilight Zone movie. He did indeed. Um, yeah, he he directed. Um, yeah, I forget which which sequence. I'll exactly. have to. Yeah, I have to. I, I think I'd it's have the one with the kid up. with the like the psychic powers. I think. Yeah, the I'm, I'm going to say yeah the the kid with the Looney Tunes. Yeah. Uh, and psychic powers. Yeah, yeah. Um, fun. So this was a fun fact I learned. Uh, my at my recent trip at Disney World. Um, there's like a little a bit like, you know, like there's like a pre video you watch before you actually get on the tower of terror, mm-hmm. um, which is twilight zone themed Joe Dante, f- uh, directed that pre video. Huh? Yeah. So interesting. Yeah. Okay. So it's like you're been in, around. Yeah, exactly. Um, what else? Uh, so the twilight movie, uh, the twilight zone movie, I should say, sorry. sorry. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> the and there's twilight lots movie. to talk about there as you, I'm sure, you know. Oh yeah. Yeah. I yeah, mean, um, apart from it being really good, but <laughs> yes. So uh, this would also give us an opportunity to do Looney Tunes back in action, where when he actually finally got his his desire to direct a Looney Tunes movie, hmm. uh, which is it's actually I have yet to see the whole thing, but I've heard uh, a lot of people um, say it's actually quite good. Um, and then uh, oh, and then also Small Soldiers, of course. Small soldiers. I did not know that he he directed the Burbs, and I've wanted yeah, to do the, the Burbs. Burbs rule. The Burbs is so good. I you know um, not not to get too far into it uh, before we actually talk about it. Uh, I remember seeing. I think I saw it in theaters, and I couldn't really make heads or tails of it because it was again. It was like one of those things where you're like going like, wait, am I supposed to laugh at this? Am I supposed to be horrified at this? What what is happening? <laughs> Uh, also, uh, inner space, which also love inner space. Mm, that's uh, yeah. That's one I have not seen in a very, very long time. Me neither. Uh, with, you know, like obviously Martin short, but also, uh, what's his face? Uh, uh, Dennis shit, Quaid? I, uh, Dennis Quaid, but also, uh, shit. What am I? Uh, Picardo. Oh, Robert uh, Picardo. Rob Picardo. There we go. Yes. Yes. He's, he's, an, he's another he's, one that shows he, up frequently in, in uh, also, Dante stuff. Also love him in uh, Gremlins too. He's yes. so good. He is very good. All right. Well, anyway, uh, folks. Oh, shit. I did not know he directed Explorers. A very young Ethan oh, Hawke. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's, that's <laughs> is another Is it Ethan Hawke? Wait. Am I? Yeah, no, it's, I think it's Ethan Hawke. Yeah. uh, uh, Joaquin, not Joaquin, uh, River Phoenix. Mm -hmm. And is, I forget who's in it. Uh, Jason. Yes. Jason Presson. Hmm. All right. Anyway, that's enough about uh, Dante's filmography. We'll get to it eventually. Uh, So, uh, well, at least if it's, most of them are genre, but a couple may not be. I don't know. We'll see. Anyway, uh, Chris, thanks for joining me, man. Thank you for giving me. <laughs> I mean, chance. it was a blast to uh, watch, rewatch this uh, once more because it is a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. I hope you enjoyed it too, man. 
Absolutely. And everyone out there, hope you enjoy it as well and listen to us talk to you. This is your Christmas present that I did not climb down the chimney and break my neck trying to give you. <laughs> Thank goodness. Because podcasting doesn't require any of that. That's right. <laughs> All right. Well, anyway, everyone out there, enjoy the season. We'll catch you next time here on Podside. <laughs>